0: To. Isn't that a blessing this morning? You have a first message this morning. You pray for the man of God. Give him some amens. I know it would be a blessing to you. Amen. It's good to be saved this morning. Amen. Turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter number 9. And thankful for uh, the, just want to say this outright, thankful for our church. Amen. And thankful for the podcast that allows me to hear the preaching even when I'm not here, amen? And uh, so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for our pastor and Miss Nolita and the family, the church church family. I'm just thankful for everything. Thankful for my friend, Brother Stacy Piercy. Uh, He has been a dear friend to me over the years and thankful he's here this year. And I didn't know if you would get to be here, Brother. Brother, I I just didn't know, and I'm thankful he's here. And if you will, let's stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word. Excited about what God's going to do this week. And uh, I I, I hope that this message is a blessing to you in your life Like it has been in my life Matthew chapter number 9 We will begin reading uh, in verse Let's start in verse number number 35 here And Jesus went about all the cities and villages Teaching in their synagogues And preaching the gospel of the kingdom And healing every sickness and every disease among the people But when he saw uh, the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his parts. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Dear Lord, thank you for this meeting. Thank you for our church. I pray that you forgive me of where I failed you since we last spoke. I pray that you fill me with your spirit today. Lord, touch every man of God that will preach uh, the word of God from this pulpit this week. Touch every song. Lord, prepare our hearts for what you have for us this week. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. You might be seated. say a few things by way of introduction to give you where we're at in the text. And then we'll get right into the message this morning. uh, I want to notice first... Verse number 35, we see the reach in these verses. In verse number 35, the Bible says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Uh, We see the reach in these verses. And it's almost like Jesus gives us his plan of battle, amen? He tells us he's going into the cities, into the synagogues, and into the villages. He's going into the religious areas, he's going into the rough areas, and he's going into the rural areas, amen? And every one of those places needs the gospel, amen? Uh, For a long time in my life, I've always grown up in the Bible Belt, I've lived here my whole life, but as I've traveled and saw, I don't believe we're near as gospel hardened anymore as we are God ignorant amen and I believe that God is really bringing forth a harvest in our country once again people are beginning to be more and more receptive to the gospel message and that lets us know that we need it everywhere amen the the cities the inner cities need the gospel The the country areas need the gospel and praise God the religious areas they need the gospel uh, today so we see Jesus's battle plan and the reach uh, that he gives Gives uh, in this text, and then we see number in verse number thirty six. We uh, we see the ruin in these verses. The Bible says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as having sheep uh, as sheep having no shepherd. And it's real easy as we look around at the harvest today uh, to get uh, aggravated. Amen? It's it's real easy to get uh, uh, bitter if you will and to get bothered but are we burdened this morning? Amen? And as we go along and we see uh, the world in decay and that's what the world does. We are salt and light. Salt keeps things from decaying. Did you know that? The old timers would submerge their meat in salt to keep it from decaying and that's exactly why the world hates the church. Amen? Those that are really living out uh, the word of God, the because we are to be salt and light. Hey, I'll tell you what we need more of in this world is more salt and more light. Amen. And that's what that's exactly what this world needs, but it's real easy to uh, to see that transgender person or that sodomite or that lesbian or uh, that person that's a drunkard or that person that is on dope and to look down upon them and to uh, to to think negatively of them or to even get aggravated with them. Uh, we see the muslim praying on their rug. We see the hindu uh, worship in their false gods and it's real easy to get aggravated oh but can I charge us this morning but by the grace of God that could be us this morning amen we could be in jail today we could be in divorce court today we could have track marks up our arm today if it wasn't for the good grace of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, coming to our doorstep or to our church pew, hey we'd be in the same mess as they are hey thanks be unto God uh, for his unspeakable gift I thank God this this Morning, that the gospel came to my house. I thank God this morning that the gospel came to my family. I thank God this morning that the gospel came to my church too. Glory to God, amen. Hey, but neighbor, could I charge us this morning not to get bitter, bitter or bothered, but to get burdened, amen, about this, uh, re, the re, ruin in this text. But then we see in verse 37, we see the reality in these verses. The Bible said, Then saith he unto the disciples, The harvest. Truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. This morning we're encroaching upon 8 billion people on our planet. Did y'all know that? 8 billion people on our planet. Brother Tim, could you bring me my cell phone real quick? I feel led to do something. 8 billion people on our planet. According uh, to Barnum's studies and things of that nature, uh, there are roughly, uh, 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 roughly two, two-thirds of the, the population have never even heard the word Jesus. Did you know that? So every, every two seconds, four people die. Let's put it into numbers. Three out of the four are going to hell. Every time it hits. You hear that? Three people in hell. Three people in hell. Three people in hell. Three people in hell. This morning, there's a need. God has all the money. And we need to give. And I I believe that this week is designed so we, we will start giving even more to missions. And this church gives a lot to missions. And I'm thankful for it. But God has all the money. He owns all the money. But what God doesn't have yet is all the men. Amen. Where is an, and the, all the men and the women for laborers? There is a need. Eight billion people on our planet. In 1950, how many of all, y'all were alive in 1950? Are you willing to admit that? All right. Three people are willing to admit that. Amen. That's all right. In, in 1950, there were 3.5 billion people on our planet. Did you know today the eight billion? In 1950, there were a little over 100,000 missionaries leaving our country going to other shores. 100,000. That could be Mormons, Catholics, Jehovah's Witnesses, but there was 100,000 of some sort of missionaries leaving our shores going down. Do you know today there's less than 30,000? And the, the population has over doubled. Are, we, are y'all, y'all tracking me this morning? This morning, I'm getting calls from pastors on a weekly basis saying, hey, do you know of any good missionaries on deputation? Nobody's calling anymore. Are you getting that, Brother Stacy? This morning there is a great need. There's nothing. The harvest is being the harvest. I remember several years ago we were up in uh, South Dakota and early snow came in September and all the all the uh, farmers did not have their crop up yet because the oil boom they didn't have anybody to run the harvesting equipment and Brother Stacy a lot of those farmers lost a good chunk of their crop that year because once it's gone the harvest is wasted. Once they're in hell. There's nothing we can do about it. So this morning we see the reality. But in verse 38, y'all still with me, say amen. We see the, the, the request. I believe this this morning. If Jesus could be in our Wednesday night prayer meeting, he, if he could raise his hand, he wouldn't be asking for more money. He wouldn't be asking uh, to, for us to pray about a saint to, to not go to heaven. Amen. And I'm not against praying for saints to to get better. Amen. But there would be one thing on his heart every prayer meeting. There would be one. He would raise his hand every time and he would say, Pray ye, therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I understand not everybody in this room is going to go to the foreign mission field. I understand everybody in this room is not going to go to New Hampshire. Amen. But Brother Balu used to say that every sinner is a mission field and every saint, it should be a missionary. Amen. And this morning, you may never go to Zimbabwe or Mozambique or uh, uh, Dubai or uh, any of those countries like that. You may never go to Pakistan or you may never go to Taiwan, but you know where you can go? You can go to your prayer closet this morning. And this morning I want to preach on that thought, the ministry of praying for the harvest. The ministry of praying for the harvest. Look at verse number 38 again. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that He will send forth laborers into His harvest. The first thing we see about this this ministry of praying for the harvest is that it's personal. Amen? He said go ye. Amen? uh, Pray ye this morning. And I want to say this morning you may not be able to preach. Amen? At least half the congregation here can't preach because your ladies. Amen? And there's no such creature as a woman preacher. Say amen right there. Hey, but, but you might not be able to preach. You might not be able to sing. Very good. You might sing in the choir and, and let everybody cover your joyful noise up, but everybody everybody can't sing. Amen? And that's okay. God didn't create us all to do the, the very best at everything. Amen? Hey, but you might not be able to play an instrument. You might not be able to uh, be a teacher. You might not have that gift of teaching. You might not be a very good at even... It, even back him in the floors. Amen. Hey, but I'm going to tell you one thing you can do this morning and one thing every Christian is called to do and that is pray. Amen. We can pray this morning. You say, well Brother Chris, I can't go to those places you mentioned. Hey, no, uh, uh, you know Brother Chris, Somalia is a restricted country. We don't call them closed countries because there's no closed countries to God. Amen. It are, they are creative access countries. Amen. Hey, you have to think about it and get in a different way. But you say, Brother Chris, I can't I can't go to Somalia. I can't go to Mozambique. Uh, Brother Chris, I can't go to Kenya. Brother Chris, I can't go to New Hampshire. Oh, yes, you can, neighbor. You can enter into your closet and you can shut the door and you begin to pray and there might be a a governmental door up against us to go to North Korea. Oh, but in your prayer place, uh, you can spread a map out and you say, God, today, can we go to North Korea? Uh, God, today, could you send some laborers to North Korea? Uh, God, today, uh, could you send some laborers to uh, God today could you send some laborers to North Dakota uh, God I may never go to Utah uh, but you can raise up a laborer uh, to go there for me Amen I read a story I've read this in several books about prayer actually um, and I've read it in Ian e. Bounds' book and somebody else's I, I, there's several times I've read this but um, there was a, uh, a time when D.O. Moody this was before he was real worldwide famous and his church burnt down I think it was the first time he had a church burnt down In Chicago and he went overseas and uh, he wanted to take a vacation before they started raising the money and all that and so he went overseas to to Europe to England and he was just traveling by himself and uh, he was at a Saturday night protracted meeting where a bunch of churches had come together and somehow somebody recognized him all right and this pastor went up to him and said sir are you D.L. Moody he said I am and he said well I, I don't know what your plans are but I pastor just down the road would you be willing tomorrow to come and preach for me both services he said yes he said I've got to leave first thing Monday morning he said but I'll come preach for you so the next day Mr. Moody he goes and he, uh, he preaches the morning service he, he said he felt like he was, he was uh, uh, hitting a wall he's preaching against a wall the whole day I've been to that church amen and he was preaching against a wall the whole morning and he was struggling to preach he said but that night he went in there and he's like from the time he opened up his Bible it was like forked lightning the power of God just fell he said that he went to give the altar call and he said if you would like to be saved uh, would you please raise your hand he said over 500 people raised their hand he said I, maybe I thought he saw uh, maybe they misunderstood me maybe because of the English uh, I'm speaking from America they misunderstood me so brother Steve he asked them all to put their hands back down he said if you would like to uh, 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 repent and believe the gospel for salvation today, would you please raise your hand? He said over 500 people raised their hand. He said, man, this is blowing his mind. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. So Brother Chris, he had them all put their hands down again. And he said, if you uh, were, or would be willing to stay after church and talk about your soul with me and the pastor, would you please stand up? And over 500 people stood up in that auditorium. He said, I couldn't believe it. And he's writing this in his journal. He couldn't believe leave what was happening uh, so guess what up until the wee hours of the morning and they're still we- leading people to the Lord they're leading people to the Lord in side rooms in the sanctuary they're spread out hundreds of people getting saved and he said finally he said to the pastor look I've got to leave this is the place I'm going to next if you need me please uh, telegraph me uh, that's before text messaging young people amen and so he goes on to his next place by Thursday that pastor has, te- uh, has telegraphed him and said Mr. Moody you've got to come back God's still moving he said others have heard what's happened he said we're having people saved round the clock at this at, at our church he said would you come back and this is the meeting that really flung uh, D.O. Moody out into world prominence and everybody knowing who he was he came back it went for seven or eight weeks thousands got saved they had to keep moving it into bigger buildings and you say preacher why you you tell that story because Brother Moody he got, he, got, he got interested in what was the difference between Sunday morning and the next eight weeks right. he said he began to look for a praying figure and he found her there was an invalid lady that was a member of that church that the meeting started in she had a sister that took care of her and would uh, go home after church on Sundays. And so that Sunday morning after Brother Moody struggled, he had, uh, that lady had went home and she took her invalid sister, her tea and her lunch and went in there and her sister asked her, as she always did, about the services that day. And she said, well, nothing really happened much. And she said, really? She said, yes. She said, we had a visiting preacher from America, uh, but nothing really happened. It was, uh, it was just like every other service. She said, what was his name? And the, the well sister said, his name is D.L. Moody. And the, the invalid sister began to weep, and she said, you're kidding me. And he said, she said, no. She said, And she got an a, a article that she had been reading in a newspaper, and for months she had gotten some religious publication from America and read about D.L. Moody and what God was doing with him in America. And she had begun to pray, saying, God, somehow, some way, would you get this man to our church and use him to bring revival? You say, I don't believe that. Well, it's for believers only. Amen? Hey, that woman began to pray. She began to fast. That afternoon, she put her food aside. And she said, I'm going to pray and fast all day. that God would continue to answer my prayer. And the rest is history. I'm going to tell you this morning, you might not be able to go across the street. You might you might not be able to go across the states. You might not be able to go across the seas. Oh, but glory to God, you can go into your closet and you can have a ministry this morning praying for the harvest. Hey, can I share this real quick? In Matthew 6, it says, that enter into thy closet, right? And over the door, in our, when we go in, over the door, it says closet. Y'all know the only other way that the Holy Ghost translated that word in the New Testament? Storehouse. So, Brother Stacy, on our side it says closet. But the Bible says enter into thy closet and what the Father seeth in secret. Is that right? So if He sees it in secret, that means He's already in there waiting on us. So that means there's a door on the other side for the Father. And on the father's side it says storehouse. On our side it says closet. So when you enter into God in your closet, you're entering into God's storehouse. And guess what? We may not have all the money. We may not have all the men. We may not have all the laborers. We may not have all the women. Oh, but I'm glad to report this morning. God's got the covered. And if we'll get into our closet, we'll be getting into his storehouse. And he is able. I see that this ministry is personal. I see that, number two, the, per- the purpose of this ministry of praying for the harvest. He said, pray ye therefore. And all the old-time preachers said, if you see the word therefore, you see what it's there for. How many of y'all tired of Democrats? Say amen. If you are one, there is a place in this altar for you to be saved this morning. Amen. Amen. And you say, that's that's pretty mean, preacher. I vote Democrat because of the taxes and all. If you vote for somebody who kills babies and promotes the agendas that they're promoting, if, if somebody will kill a child in the womb, you can't trust them about anything else. So there's a place for you in the altar this morning. Amen. I've been in Minnesota, and I preached it the same way in Minnesota. Amen. Whether they got mad or not. Amen. But, but you know why there are no, I've heard it said, there are no blue states, only blue cities. Did y'all catch that? You go look at the Electoral Vermont College map. Most of California is not weirdos. It's just the cities. All of New York are not gun-hating, baby-killing, amen, transgender people. The state. It's just the city. Amen. Our own state: Augusta, Columbus, Atlanta, Macon—blue cities, not a blue state. I say, preacher, why are you talking about that? Because I've never met somebody that got the gospel, got born again, and got filled with the Holy Ghost that kept voting for that mess. I say, preacher, what are you talking about? The purpose of this ministry—we want to see our country turn around. It ain't go- Listen, there may come a day where it comes down to guns, and I already, Amen. Say amen right there. You ought to be too. Amen. Sorry, I probably just got it canceled on YouTube. But anyways, they are listening. Maybe they'll get saved and they won't care about that statement. Amen. But you hear me this morning. There may come down a time, but I'm going to tell you the, the weapon we've got right now is not the guns. It's the gospel. We need to be using the gospel Hey, I'm telling you this morning, there are people waiting. There are people ready. And those people are in in turmoil. Those people are in sadness. They're brokenhearted. Brother Lamar sees it in the schools. Brother Ellis and others, they see it in the prisons. I'm telling you, all over. Brother Ben's seen it overseas. There is a, a mess. And I've already mentioned it. There's ruin in the, in the rural areas. There's ruin in the, the rough areas. And there's ruin in the religious areas. Hey, Amen. I have passed two or three churches in our travels the past year. That have the transgender sodomite flags on the churches. If you want to believe that, go do something else. Don't mix the unholy with the holy. Go do something else. And see, it's real easy to get as red-blooded Americans. It's easy to get mad to see uh, these these uh, the, the the Muslims taking over our country, uh, silently coming in and infiltrating and taking over our government. Hey, I'll tell you the answer. It's not more petitions. It's not more uh, politicians. Amen. It's uh, it's not more legislation. You cannot legislate godliness and holiness. I'll tell you what the answer is. Is this ministry right here praying for God to raise up laborers? Amen. You say, Preacher, are they really that hungry? Oh, yes. Man, I, I, I want to tell y'all a story. We had a, uh, a lady come in. Well, we thought it was a man. I'm not being ugly. I'm not being mean. We, ha- we had a black couple come into the tent in Indianapolis just a few months ago. Was you there, Brother Andrew, this night? And, and, and Brother Andrew will testify. It, it, you, did, you just could not tell one of them. And uh, the altar call came. Well, they came two nights in a row. The second night, altar call came, and the shorter one of them, Runs down to the altar. And Brother Stacy, we, we have men deal with men. And we have women deal with women. we just, I, I feel like it's a good thing to do. Amen? And she came down. And I'll just be honest. We didn't know who to have go help her. That's where we're at. I did not know. So instead of going around back, she just got in the altar. We thought it was a he at the time. And I'm not being ugly, please. But she got down in the altar, and one of our ladies and one of our men, they went down there with her. And guess what? This transgender woman, a woman who was transitioning, already having surgeries, she told those people in the altar that she was tired of it. And she was miserable. She said, Preacher, I don't believe that. Come and go with us. Come and see. Amen. Come and see. It is, it is possible. It is, it is real. There are people out there that are in this ruin. They See, we get upset with them, but they are sheep having no shepherd. We ought to have compassion. Oh, they are sheep having no shepherd. Those living under the bridge, those addicted to dope, they are sheep having no shepherd, and they're looking for an answer. Hey, and they th- to the world and sometimes to the church, they might look too far gone. Oh, but to God, they're not too far gone. Amen. I see this morning, the it's a personal ministry, the purpose for the ministry. I see the power in this ministry. Look at our verse. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Now let me ask you this. Who's the Lord of the harvest? Jesus. Well, that's weird. I want you to pray to me that I will do what I want to do. Y'all ever thought of it that way? It's almost like he's waiting for us, Brother Stacy, to get on board with him. Amen. 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 Think of the power, Brother Lamar. There's a lot of things. Okay, last week, w- w- we have the kids pray at night. And last week, one night, and we teach them to pray, right? We want, to th- we want our kids, children to pray. Well, Brother Laddie, one week, we were, in, we were in Florida last week, and one night last week, Emmeline said, God, would you make it snow in Florida tomorrow? and let it be Christmas tomorrow. And I had to bring out the book of James to my daughter because we want her to pray for everything, but God ain't moving the calendar so she can get Christmas earlier. Amen. And when was the last time it snowed in in October in Florida, all right? Uh, It it just, uh, I don't know why you want to go to Florida anyways other than the will of God. Pray for me, amen. And and I had to explain to her about praying amiss. There's a lot of things I've prayed amiss about. There's a lot of things, preacher, I've prayed that probably for to consume it upon my own lust. But I'll tell you, there's one thing. You don't have to worry about it. There's one thing this morning that you can pray for that you don't ever have to have guesswork about. And it's what he wants you to pray for. Could you imagine the power, stand up, brother Sam, if we yoked up and locked arms with Jesus about what he's got on his heart? Could you imagine what we could see this week and in the weeks to come? Hey, we were just at a, had a Who Will Go conference up in Indianapolis, or in, uh, Eastern Indy, and uh, we, we were there, and the last morning we were talking about unreached people groups and how there's about 7,000 people groups in our world that have never heard the name Jesus. And in Mexico, Puerto Rico, and America, there are twenty thousand roughly independent Baptist churches. What if ever? And we started talking about what if every single uh, church in America, independent Baptist church, adopted a people group and started praying for them and started working to get the gospel to that people group? And the pastor said, "Well, how can we go about that?" I mean, right in the middle of the message, he asked. I'm like, "Well, that's kind of weird," but I answered him joshua project i don't know if you know about it but it's a it's a group and they they put out data every day and they put out the unreached people group of the day and i said pastor a good thing to do is just go and send the uh, the unreached people group every day to your church and and i thought i forgot about it forgive me brother stacy i forgot about it two weeks two to four weeks later now three weeks later now he called me yesterday and said, Preacher, ever since you said that, I've been sending that unreached people group every day to our church. And he said, Our church has never been more on fire for missions than they are right now. He said, People are calling and weeping. He said, People are saying, Preacher, I had no idea there were so many people. He said, "He said people, Preacher, that People are giving more. He said, We didn't even do faith promise. He said, People are upping their faith promise just because they're seeing the need. Hey, you know what? Maybe the reason there's power on that is because... It's what God's interested in. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. There's the power. Then there's the promise. Every promise in the Bible is not for us. I hate to break it to you. Amen. I will bless him that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. I wish that was for us. Brother Samuel gets all the good verses. Amen. Amen. I posted something on PragerU about repent and believe the gospel the other day on Facebook, and man, the atheists just hate. They love making fun of somebody they believe that doesn't exist. Amen. And I I was thinking, man, in fact, Genesis 12 was just for us. I'm just kidding. Amen. Just kidding. But every verse is not for us. All the Bible's written to us, but not all all the Bible's written for us, but not all the Bible's written to us. There are conditional promises in the Bible. And this is one of those conditional ones, but this promise is for us that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I want to have a powerful ministry, Brother Lamar, but there's no more powerful of a ministry than praying for what God's praying for and asking for what God's asking for. But we see that there's a promise attached to it that if we will, he has to. I want to challenge you this week and for the rest of your life, every time you pray, whether it's over your food, whether it's just a short prayer as you're going about the day, or whether it's your early morning prayer or your nighttime prayer, ask God every day, Lord, would you send forth laborers into your harvest? Because He has to. He has to. You can be a part. You may never go. You may not have a lot of money to give, but you can play the biggest part in the Great Commission, and that's praying for laborers does it work? Because you don't really want to invest your life in a ministry that, that doesn't work. There's, is there product? Is there, is there proof of this ministry? Well, yes. So in the text, immediate text here, if we're reading it, right? Brother, Brother Steve, I believe that he has given this, this command to pray to the disciples. Would you all agree with that, the 12? All right? Is everybody with me? Now we, when this was first written, when this first happened, there weren't. J- Jesus didn't stop after verse thirty-eight and say, "All right, we're going to start chapter ten now." He didn't say that. These came after. Now, but but this is amazing to me. He asked the twelve to pray. But look at verse number one of chapter ten. And when he had, what's that next word? Say it with me. Called unto him his who was that twelve disciples. Oh my. Brother Sam, the very men that he asked to pray for this need are the very men that he used to fulfill this need. Maybe, William Carey said this, he said every, the will of God is found around a, 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 a tattered map and an open Bible. And I, I want to take it a step further. I believe every Christian home should be based around a, tatter, a tattered map, an open Bible, and a worn altar. That's, how, that, that's the answer. Amen. <laughs> Seeing the need. Put a map in front of ourselves every day and say, God, where could I pray today? Where do you need people today? But look at this. Maybe the reason some of us ain't praying this, and I'm not saying everybody, you may pray that every day. I, and so, some of you may have never ever thought about praying this every day, but some of us might have had the knowledge of this verse and really knew what this verse meant. And we don't. Maybe the reason we don't want to focus on it, maybe the reason we don't want that to be the centerpiece of our home is because we're afraid somebody, God might send us. Let me say this. If you won't go across the street, God's not going to send you across the states or the seas. Don't worry about that. But, but look what he does. He calls his 12 disciples. And look at the next phrase. He gave them power. Not only does he call these people, but he equips these people that he had prayed for this, this, this harvest. Brother Lamar, I want to say this, when, ever since God's called, he's always provided. Whether it was a need for power, whether it was a need for provision, whether it was a need for protection, God has always provided. And then in verse number 5, then are these twelve Jesus not only does he call them, he equips them, and then he sends them. You say, Preacher, I don't have much to offer God. Yourself. Yourself. That's the greatest gift you can give back to him. And you say, Well, Preacher, I don't have all the ability. I don't have all the know-how. Preacher, I don't know how to. If, you, if he calls you, he will equip you. and He will send you. The ministry. To pray for.